Farmers Insurance knows that when you're in the car and that song comes on. No, not that one. Ah, yes, that's the one. You have no choice but to pull out your imaginary drumsticks and smash those cymbals and stomp on that kick pedal, which unfortunately is also known as the accelerator pedal. And we covered it. At Farmers, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Click for more. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Rob McCarron. Maybe, maybe Rob's just getting a little Twitter happy with polls. Maybe. Jeff Hawkins. I like his polls. I do. I like the polls. I'm, I'm a big poll fan. I mean, I, as many polls as I can get in me, I will take them. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes, episode 116, I think we are at. I think we are at 116 now. Uh, Rob McCarron here, Jeff Hawkins, as usual. Jeff, how are you tonight? Is that Weezer? It is Weezer. Hmm. Oh, sometimes I get the feeling. <laughs> the Flo Rida song from the WrestleMania from Triple H-U-T that we're doing later tonight. God, they played that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. They played uh, that Flow Rider song. Well, anytime there's a WrestleMania song, like it gets played almost to death. Well, not only that, it not only gets played almost to death, it gets played almost to death in the arena. Because like every SummerSlam I've been to, it's like every time there's a break, they're playing the friggin' theme song. Yeah, I remember uh, it was, what was the song of WrestleMania 22, the one in Chicago? It was the one that's not a usual WrestleMania song. Like, it wasn't hip-hop. It was... Uh, was it Big Time by yeah, it was Peter Gabriel? Yeah, it was the Big Time, <laughs> Peter Gabriel song. And you heard that for two months straight. Uh, and it was uh, quite crazy. Quite crazy, I say. Big Time! I like the song, but it was just like... What, 15 years after it actually oh, came? I, yeah, I could have handled it <laughs> once or twice, you know, a show, but it was every segment before every and after. Seg- every, oh my goodness. I just remember, that's, that's my memory from SummerSlams. It's like every time that they have a theme song, it just repeats over and over and over. Yeah, every every segment before and after. This is Shake Them Ropes, episode 116, at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter, at Crap Game 13 for Jeff. I will uh, respond if necessary on the at Shake Them Ropes Twitter feed. And we did uh, get some questions on mm. the Voices of Wrestling forums and our Twitter feed for later on in the show that we will get to. We will also get to match number 56 on our top 100 countdown, Undertaker versus Triple H from WrestleMania 28, the Hell in a Cell match. The uh, match where Shawn Michaels and Triple H had a secret plan. <laughs> going Thanks. into the bout to, uh, you know, to do nothing, really. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, so uh, we will talk about that. But first, mm-hmm. before the weekend began, Jeff, WWE went to Europe. They're mm-hmm. still in Europe. Tonight's uh, or tonight's Raw, because we're recording this after Raw on Monday night. Tonight's Raw was the... Uh, was coming from the United Kingdom. Well, they started their tour on Wednesday. And the WWE champion was in the main event of the first show of the tour, Seth Rollins. By now, you know he's not the WWE champion anymore because on that show, Jeff, Seth Mm -hmm. Rollins trying to do a flip over Kane on the top rope to land a powerbomb to the table 
suffered an MCL and ACL tear with a partially torn meniscus. And Seth Rollins is going to be out until likely the summer, possibly summer slam of 2016, leaving us now in a quandary about uh, the WWE title situation. What are your thoughts on Seth Rollins' injury and what we witnessed tonight with the WWE title tournament that we'll get to? There's a couple things that are glaring about this whole thing. Number one, now we have, we're down Rollins and Orton for WrestleMania. Yep. Which is fascinating to me. (laughs) Um, Considering that, that WrestleMania looks kind of light to begin with. Um, You know, I I don't understand. Well, on that, I'll let you get to the point. I I don't know if it looks necessarily light uh, because most likely we're not going to get the rock, right? But we could still. It's light for WrestleMania in Dallas, I think, the perception that we have to fill this Dallas AT&T stadium. But compared to, like, a WrestleMania 28 or so, it's not really oh, that no, light. But, 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 but with a lot riding on this one, admittedly, in terms of filling Dallas, I think they'll fill it. Don't get me wrong, but you, you kind of want it to make it memorable sure, as opposed yeah. to WrestleMania 28. Now you got two guys who, not on the top of your card, but, you know, second or third match down guys that are out for WrestleMania, that's a big deal, I think. Yeah, your Mania 31 winner of the main event. Yeah. Now, the injury itself. Um, (laughs) I, small guys should not be doing power bombs on Kane. (laughs) I I understand why you need to do big spots for big, for the shows on the European tour. You're trying to grow that market for the network. You only have three tours a year or so in the area. So it's an important thing to do. Otherwise you get the talk of, Oh, when WWE comes, they don't put on as good a show. Kind of like you do with the UFC um, crowd when, when, when they put on a show over there and it's not quite up to snuff. Um, But I, you know, I have (laughs) knee injuries are funny things. I, I had an ACL meniscus tear with a partially torn PCL as well. Um, Knees don't always heal properly. Mine didn't heal properly. And right now, Seth is going through. He had surgery. He probably has a couple of pieces of equipment at home. One's an ice wrap that he has to put on. Uh, he has ice water in like a tank that's motorized and runs through to keep the swelling down. And then eventually he'll, he'll sleep with this thing that exercises his knee going up and down. And he'll increase the, uh, he'll increase the angle of the knee as it goes, but, but he's going to be kind of bedridden doing that or, you know, sitting around having his leg kind of lifted up and down for a while. He's going to be, he's going to be in pain doing nothing for a while, but the WWE system and the doctors that he's going to go to, I mean, he very well may be going to Dr. James Andrews or one of these, you know, high up doctors in the U S like he's going to get better medical care than you probably got. I don't know. I went to a very famous sports doctor out here. So, I mean, I got great medical care. It's just the rehab's funny sometimes. It doesn't always take. And if you overdo yourself, and Seth is a notorious gym rat. He's going to try and come back soon, right? He's going to come try and come back to, possibly too soon. Now, you know, it, it, I, I heard some criticism of, well, why didn't they stop the match? Why didn't they stop the match? When you do this to your knee, you don't know that you've torn something all the time. Like, mine was, you know, a pretty decent tear but at the same time i thought i had just tweaked my knee a bit and then all i'd have to do is put some ice on it or walk it off a bit and it would eventually loosen up again you don't really know 
I mean, it, it's not like a quad injury where your where your leg just you know decompresses. It, it's it, it it locks up after about two days um, if you don't do anything about it. And that's what happened with me. I was on vacation at the time. Now, and I have I have a brace that I put on my knee when I need to like do lifting. Like I used to be able to lift a lot with my legs and I can't do that anymore because I get intense knee pain all the time. He may not come back a hundred percent from this. And there's a few concerns. Now there's the, there's the whole thought of he's expected to be this kind of aerial whiz and do all these big time spots. And he has this knee that he may not want to re-injure because knees never come back as strong as say a broken bone necessarily. You're going to have the mental aspect of it where he might be hesitant to do things on this knee just because you're afraid it may not hold up as well. So he has a lot more problems than people are just giving him credit for for this whole physical comeback. There's a lot to this. Yeah, I would, and, I would imagine that his uh, his style upon return might change a little bit, although his style coming into WWE from the indie scene changed a lot already. He's not doing as many high-flying uh, aerial moves that he used to do. He's not hes not all that crazy in the ring. A lot of the matches, especially with him being a heel, kind of slow the matches down a little bit, a lot of his moveset. So, well, I mean, let me interrupt you here real quick, because when they turned face on the shield, mm-hmm. remember Seth was the guy that was thought to be the odd man out, and he was in the doghouse, and that's when he started doing like over-the-top rope somersaults and things like that to pop the crowd huge for him. And that's how he got over as a baby face, really. So it's in his repertoire. He's not going to be this old school Southern style punch kick guy. No, so, no, no. I, no. I, I just don't think uh, you're going to see the totality of aerial moves right. that you might see from other guys. But I mean, this kind, this injury was kind of flukish too. Yeah, Kane was his opponent, but all he was doing was a Somerset flip over, like he was doing the leapfrog, you know, from the top ring post to the mat, and he just landed wrong. Oh, I agree. It, it it was a total fluke, but it's also, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I, it's funny because we talk about Daniel Bryan being quote unquote injury prone. And, and I was talking to the, I had an impromptu talk with the shake, well, not shake them ropes, with the uh, talking sheet guys. They called me after their show and we did a little bit of a bonus type of show. Daniel Bryan isn't injury prone. It's just he had to do all those moves for Raw, SmackDown, house shows on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, travel cross continent or across the world one day and be back at you know at a stateside raw on a monday it's 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 a it's a totality of things it's it's the travel it's the fatigue it's being mentally aware these things and these things just happen in a physical type of activity like wrestling so and that's why you know you hear all these talks about the wwe style and what the wwe style is is a kind of a low impact style that you can replicate time after time after time. So you can do it five out of seven days a week. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Seth Rollins does when he comes back. That, that that's for sure. I mean, it'll also be interesting to see how WWE plays up the return from yeah. this injury because triple H, when he came back uh, and, and this didn't last incredibly long just because of who triple H was and he was much better as a heel, but Oh my God, were people anticipating that triple H return in 2002 coming into WrestleMania 18 after his quad injury. And he was one of the big time heels at the time. And he comes back and just, you know, the, the fact that he was gone for so long, people start to miss you, especially if you're somewhat of an entertaining act. And Seth Rollins, I would consider to be an entertaining act. Uh, People will miss Seth Rollins. 
mm-hmm. will be on his side when he comes back, especially, and WWE is usually really good at this, uh, highlighting the process back for Seth Rollins. You know, when Triple H went down with the quad tear, they were inside the surgery of Triple H. They were updating you week after week about the surgery, the rehab. I mean, Triple H seemed like this larger than life, like, come back, dude, we're cheering for you. We want you to come back from this injury. And if they do the same thing with Seth Rollins, this guy's going to be over huge when he comes back. And whatever program, whoever is the champion at the time, whatever program they can insert him into will instantly become a pretty refreshed and hot angle once he returns. Well, it's funny because you mentioned that. Yeah, they, they went all the way from surgery and hyped at how brave Triple H was, you know, to complete the match. And he's such a warrior, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to... When he was on ready for comeback, they put, gave him the U2 song, Beautiful Day, and gave him the hype vignettes before he returned. So, I mean, they had him from injury to rehab as a major, major big deal. Yeah. I, I wonder... There was, nothing, there was nothing like that for Seth today. No, and not today. You would think, and you'd think that there might be well, at least some video or something of that if they were going to treat him like Triple H. Here, here's now, the thing. Now, I, I wouldn't guess that he's even had the surgery yet okay i thought he did i thought he had surgery today or maybe it's tomorrow well maybe he had it today i I don't know as of this time we're speaking monday night i don't know if he's had it yet because you got to remember he's got to fly back to the united states and get everything prepped and all this stuff so i don't know when that surgery may have been but it's going to be soon maybe they will have video of it uh, maybe there wasn't enough time to have video of this today. Maybe they didn't want to take focus away from them crowning a new champion and kind of let it breathe for a little bit. Right. But there there was something on TV that gave me a bit of pause, and that was that in every match, someone or not every match, but almost every match, someone had an injury. That tweaked me a little. I don't know if you noticed it or not. Like uh, Ziggler and his knee. Yeah. I guess Ambrose I, I guess I didn't shoulder. notice it. Yeah, I didn't notice. Natty I think... also got injured. Everybody got injured in the course of their match. And, I, you know, you can always tell what Vince is angry at by what's on TV. And, yeah. and to me, I don't think he's getting the Triple H treatment if that's, the, if that's how they're handling it. Maybe, maybe they won't. Maybe they won't uh, give him the Triple H treatment. Although he's had a lot of PR missteps this year. Yes. You know, the dating of the, the girl fired for, be, fired for being a Nazi. The uh, the tweeting with the girl fired for being a Nazi supporter. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's been some PR troubles, and look where he was. He was the WWE champion for almost the entire year. So I, I, I don't know how mad they might be long-term at this. Of course, it ruins their current plans. It ruins possibly one of the bigger matches for WrestleMania. You have to wonder that if the Triple H versus Seth Rollins match was indeed the plan for WrestleMania, obviously that is out the window now. So you have to retool one of your big-time events because whatever Triple H is involved with is going to be a big-time event for WrestleMania. Yeah. So that's got to be retooled. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with Seth Rollins. Now, not only is Seth Rollins out, but like you mentioned, Randy Orton is out mm-hmm. with the shoulder. He's not expected back until after WrestleMania because the timetable kind of puts him right at WrestleMania. But uh, we talked about this last week. You can't really book him for anything for WrestleMania because... It's too soon. You don't know if he's going to be fully ready, so you can't promote anything in case you have to scrap it. So likely he's going to be back after WrestleMania. Now you have Randy Orton out. You have Seth Rollins out. Very similar in the fact that these Randy Orton at the time was a young cocky heel on the up and up who suffered an injury and was out for a while. 
and they kept him on TV by doing the Randy News Network updates. So they continued to roll with his cocky heel character so that when he came back, the fans weren't cheering him. They were still booing him after the Randy News Network updates. Could they go something similar to that? I know there were people on the Twitters because ever since this injury was noticed on Wednesday night here in the States and then announced on Thursday, people have been fantasy booking this like crazy. And we have a little bit more concrete information coming from Raw this week with the WWE title tournament to be cited at Survivor Series. But people were fantasy booking like this, uh, like crazy. Now oh, they're, they're, fantasy, were, they're fantasy booking a lot, and they need fan, to fantasy booking a lot. There was yeah. a lot. Of, there was a lot of fantasy booking on our very own website, VoicesOfWrestling.com. There were, like, multiple articles about fantasy booking and who could win this tournament when the tournament wasn't even announced as far as participants go yet. So that was yeah. a little quick and soon, my, but hey, it's, my, it's my fun. Favorite is, my favorite is this could be a whole new boom period for young up-and-comers, and they it's like, come every, on. Man. Every time that when CM Punk was out with injury, people thought they would have to push someone new. And they who was the champion? John Cena. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what people are expecting when when Seth Rollins goes down and thinking, oh, they're going to have to push someone new and this is going to be a whole new thing. Someone's going to come up from this. And yeah, maybe Dean Ambrose gets a little bit more airtime, but think about the season we're heading into still. We're heading into WrestleMania season where even Seth Rollins with Triple H was only going to be the third from the top match at best on this show. So I, I, you know, I there's a lot to uh, lot to happen here in the next coming months. We'll see. I hope someone new stands up. I hope Dean Ambrose kind of gets a little push here, and they see what uh, kind of potential he has. But the question at hand: You have Randy Orton out at this time. You have Seth Rollins out at this time. What do you think about this idea, Jeff? <laughs> Randy Orton comes on with a Randy News Network update, updating us all on the shoulder. And then in the middle of that, a preemption, and Seth Rollins comes in with a Seth Rollins News Network update on his leg. Seth Rollins just cutting everyone off. And they can both be in Paris with Eva Marie. They can both be in Paris with Eva, <laughs> Eva Marie, sure. I, you know what? I, the thing about the Randy Orton shoulder vignettes, if I recall correctly, that first injury of his, they thought it wasn't going to be that bad. They thought it was going to be like a month, and it ended up being two, I think. This is a little bit more long-term, so you can't really sell it that hard Oh, on either, I think. Every week, he's at 22%. Next week, he's at 24%. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's just something silly. I mean, it just goes to show you, there were a lot of uh, fantasy booking, a lot of what-ifs, a lot of wonderment. Well, people can't miss people if they don't go away also. So I think I think it'll help, at least, or stories, Seth. Stories but. out there that WWE was calling in the big names, which were ridiculous at its face. Now, who do you think they called? Nobody. True. There's no I, one yeah. to call, people. Yeah, the only person I could think of that they'd possibly call is Goldberg. Because no. he, he, he had expressed interest in doing a match in front of his kids, and Vince likes him. I know Triple H doesn't, but there's nobody to call. There's no one to call. No one's going to come to the UK for a Raw unannounced a week later to be in any tournament. There's, there's no one, who are you calling for Survivor Series to have a sudden, like, big name come in? No, there was no one to call. John Cena might be your only one. Cena. Hey, we need you back yeah. earlier. I that's was that's it. See, I was expecting to see him in the tournament, so it's kind of surprising, but other I, than that. I just love how it, and it was a one-off little mention in, like, a daily update from Dave Meltzer, and everyone's hearing it. There was no one to 
call. WWE wasn't calling in the big guns. The big Undertaker and Kane were already scheduled for the show. Undertaker was being advertised for SmackDown. He was already scheduled in for the show. Oh, they, they're calling big names for this tournament. I can't wait to see who it is. Goldberg's coming back. D'Lo Brown's coming back. You're just, you're just trolling me right now. I'm not trolling anybody. <laughs> I just saw this. I, who was coming back? D'Lo Brown would be a great champ. D'Lo Brown would be great. I'm working on something. <laughs> I'm working on a story about all those returns that were quick going because I was, uh, I was thinking about Batista. I saw the Spectre movie yesterday with Batista in it. The new oh, James like Bond it? movie. I thought it was entertaining enough. Like, it was long. It was way too long. I'm going uh, tomorrow. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you're going to be in the theater for three hours, so keep that in mind. Um, it, it, was inter- it was fun enough. The opening scene was one of the better opening scenes I've seen in a, uh, in a Bond movie, at least one of the modern Bonds. Uh, but I liked it enough, but Dave Batista was in it, and, you know, my mind goes back to the WrestleMania 30 time period where Batista was back for a few months and then gone again, and he's likely never coming back in a wrestling role, which is fine. And I was thinking about all these other like weird returns that are seemingly out of nowhere that kind of fade away quickly too. And I was thinking about the D'Lo Brown return. Yeah. Cause he was here. The Val Venus one. Val Venus where these guys don't really do anything important and then they're just gone again. Mm-hmm. You know, Kurt Hennig. Uh, so we're, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and research some of the names that have been uh, in the Batista Kurt Hennig type role where they come back. Everyone's excited for a week and then, you know, they kind of just fade away. Because there's more important things going on. Uh, but yeah, the Seth Rollins injury has led the uh, vacancy of the WWE Championship t- uh, title. So we are going to have a tournament, which began on Raw. The, the parties are announced. The participants are announced. The brackets are out. We're going to go through that and see who has the chance to potentially win this championship. We're not going to fantasy book who we want in the finals. We're going to go and... You know, kind of talk about who we think might be. We're going to say who we think. Who we we think might be in the finals. Uh, We're going to talk about that because the championship will be decided at Survivor Series 2015. Uh Obviously, Survivor Series 1998 comes into mind a little bit because a very similar situation happened there where they had a championship tournament to crown a champion at Survivor Series, the deadly game. I was thinking WrestleMania 4. No. It's Survivor Series, Jeff. Well, no, they also had a tournament for the World Heavyweight title there. Yeah, but was that Survivor Series? No! Survivor Series 1998 comes first in everyone's minds. Does it? The Deadly Game Tournament, where The Rock sold his soul to the authority to win the championship over a crowd-favorite babyface. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now we have a situation here, and they kind of played off this a little bit on Raw, where the opening segment was Triple H asking Roman Reigns to be the new guy, and he was going to be handed the championship. Handed the championship if you will be the authority's new face. Let me ask you something real quick, because I want to know if I misheard it or not. Did Triple H at some point say, in order to be the man, you have to beat my man? I did not hear that at all. Maybe he did. I I didn't hear it. I thought he did, and if he did, that kind of gives... That gives me a little pause. I, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. What he may have said is, in order to be the man, you have to be my man. Okay. As if I misheard it, man. if I misheard it, I apologize to everybody. But I, I'm pretty sure that makes a lot more sense. All right. Yeah. So, because uh, that was the whole goal on this, he wasn't saying you have to beat anyone. You have to be my guy. Of course, Roman Reigns declined everything he 
fights for, he wants to, you know, earn himself and not be given. Right. Now that leads into something as we get to these brackets. I'm going to go through the brackets here. I'm going to go through. We uh, Roman Reigns and Big Show was the first match there coming off of that promo segment. The Roman Reigns victory out of that sends him to the quarterfinals of the tournament where he will take on Cesaro, who beat Sheamus in a little bit of a surprise, I would say. And now you have Roman Reigns and Cesaro in the quarterfinals, which will take place most likely on Raw next week. Some of these matches are going to be on SmackDown this week, too. So the tournament matches will span from Raw and SmackDown as they have four television shows before Survivor Series to weed us all the way to the semifinals. I would think at Survivor Series, do you think that we might just see the finals or do you think we might see the semifinals and the finals all on the same night? I think we might see the semifinals and the finals all on the same night. There's going to be some story there, I think. Yeah, some little uh, some little story. You got some big matches that you can promote, uh, but we'll see. I mean, it looks like some of the first-round matches will take place on SmackDown, so you can do all four of the quarters next week on Raw and then the semifinals on SmackDown, or you could do two quarterfinals on Raw, two quarterfinals on SmackDown. I don't know. We'll see what uh, we get there. Uh, but that was your uh, top half of one side of the brackets. Roman Reigns and Big Show, Roman Reigns advances, Cesaro and Sheamus, Cesaro advances. And furthering in the brackets, Alberto Del Rio is in the tournament. He is the current WWE linear heavyweight champion of the world, so he very well could lose the linear title in this tournament somewhere down the line. So this tournament may crown a new linear champion as well at WWE Linear on Twitter to follow that. Alberto Del Rio and Stardust the chances that Alberto Del Rio goes on to win this tournament, Jeff, because Stardust thing winning, one hundred percent. You think oh, I'll, win the whole thing? Win the whole thing? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. All right, win this match, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Ryback and Kalisto <laughs> happening on SmackDown. That'd be interesting if they had Kalisto win, but I don't think that's happening. I don't think it's happening either. Um, but it would make for a fun second round match, wouldn't it? It would make for a fun second round mask, Kalisto and Alberto Del Rio, yes. Uh, I just don't know. I mean, Cesaro was a little bit of a surprise, and they're going with the Cesaro Roman Reigns match, which boggles my mind because where I don't where is Raw next week? Because that Raw crowd most likely will be cheering on Cesaro. And the Dylan Waco political hit on Roman Reigns theory continues because Roman Reigns here is stranded with the Big Show in the first match in front of a UK crowd that was never going to respond well to a Big Show match. Mm-hmm. Then it goes on to a second-round match against Cesaro when a crowd response is most likely to be pro-Cesaro. I mean, is there some thought going into this, maybe, that with, with these potential uh, challengers? Because he very well may face Dean Ambrose in the semifinals. You mean the finals? Yeah, that's right, in the finals. But he could face, oh, I guess he's probably going up against Alberto Del Rio in the semifinals. Yeah, I think. Th- I mean, I think there's only one of three stories to tell here. Either Roman goes all the way through like it's natural. Yeah. Roman and Dean are in the finals. I mean, I think that's going to be the finals anyways, but Roman and Dean are in the finals and Dean turns. Or they make you think Dean's going to turn and there's an outside and there's another presence that is at work here, possibly Seamus cashing in, bro kicking Dean and stealing the title. That's a possibility. I yeah. Think. Raw Raw next week is in Greenville, South Carolina. So I don't even know if that's going to be good for either Cesaro or Roman. No. Uh, uh, I don't know. 
So we have Roman Reigns in the big show. Roman already is advanced. Cesaro and Sheamus. Cesaro is advanced. Alberto Del Rio and Stardust. We think Alberto will win. Kalisto and Ryback. I would pick Ryback, but I wouldn't be shocked if Kalisto wins somehow. Especially if they want to set up a feud with Ryback and someone interferes to hurt his chances. Yeah. You know. Uh, Kevin Owens and Titus O'Neil started off the other side of the brackets. Kevin Owens won on Raw, so Kevin Owens advances. We have Neville versus King Barrett, which will take place on SmackDown. So the Brits will go at it. And with Kevin Owens already in the quarterfinals, I wonder if Neville will advance to meet him there. 100%. Dolph Ziggler beat The Miz on Raw, so Dolph Ziggler advances, setting up a face-on-face match as Dean Ambrose beat Tyler Breeze. Yes, Tyler Breeze lost his debut match on Raw. Tyler will screw it for Dolph. Yep, so Dean Ambrose will advance. So now we have Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. Do we think uh I have Roman Reigns all the way to the finals, right? So I think Roman Reigns is uh, Roman Reigns is beating Cesaro here. Oh yeah. Alberto Del Rio versus Ryback would be my most likely quarterfinal and of that I think whoever Alberto Del Rio is facing, Alberto Del Rio will win. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens versus Neville is our pick. Kevin Owens has to win this. Yes. And then Dolph Ziggler gets screwed by Tyler Breeze and Dean Ambrose goes on to the semifinals because I would have to believe, and this is my pick for the final four, and I have to believe that this is probably the majority's pick for the final four, Roman Reigns versus Alberto Del Rio and Kevin Owens versus Dean Ambrose in the final four, would you agree? Yes. All right. So of this now, and that's that's why I like I would like these two matches to be on Survivor Series, have them open the show, then you mm-hmm. do all the other matches you have booked because... One of your matches, most likely two even, are going to be Survivor Series elimination matches, so you can put everyone all in one match, so you get everyone on the show. So give time to the two semifinals, and then have the finals as the main event. Uh, But Roman Reigns going up against Alberto Del Rio, are they bold enough to have, like, Jack Swagger in this big match interfere? Are they just going to have Roman Reigns get the clean win over the U.S. champion? Clean win. So Roman Reigns, if this happens would be the new WWE linear champion. Yeah, good for him. Good for him, you say. <laughs> Kevin Owens versus Dean Ambrose. And this is where it gets a little tricky. Yeah, I think Owens beats the crap out of Dean, injures him, and but I think Dean still pulls out a win. So Dean Ambrose pulls out a win, and that and would then, give us the story of the best friends, the bros. Yeah the compatriots Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose as the Survivor Series main event a la Mick Foley and The Rock who were on not necessarily the same page but were friendly and then you have and then you have two different storylines going in that you play up throughout the show will Roman Reigns take advantage of Dean Ambrose's injury and will Dean Ambrose decide to just go all at it against his friend so a couple of points here Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose are bros right so this final makes sense and you said you know before Seth Rollins got hurt we all thought or at least I thought that this was the time for Roman Reigns you can't keep moving the goalposts on Roman Reigns this was the time for him to win the championship I don't know if you were on the same page because you have been talking about closing the Wrestlemania you know the big match with Roman Reigns being coronated as the new face of WWE is winning the championship Yes. Before Seth Rollins got hurt, am I correct in saying that you didn't think Roman was going to win here? I didn't. So now with Seth out, does that change? Who do you have winning the title at Survivor Series? Sheamus. 
okay, well, Sheamus, so would you have him run in a la Seth Rollins at WrestleMania before a winner can be announced of Ambrose and Reigns and win the title? Yes. Okay, so Roman Reigns won't even win the championship for a minute. Nope. All right, my, my theory is, I, again, don't know if Sheamus is going to win the championship here. He very well could. I'm tired of waiting for pay-per-views and thinking, okay, this makes sense for Sheamus to cash in. This makes sense for Sheamus to cash in. We've done that for everybody. Like, it always makes sense for someone, and then what do we get? We get Seth Rollins waiting all the way to WrestleMania until he cashes in. I could see a very compelling story in this final, and if you want to make a new program, which isn't even that new, because we had Seth Rollins, the heel authority figure, going up against Roman Reigns, keeping the championship away from him, I wonder if they're going to just replace Seth here with Dean Ambrose as the new face of the authority because I could see like a Steve Austin signing up with Vince McMahon type angle where Dean Ambrose doesn't wear suits, but they're making him wear suits and good clothes and all this. But Dean Ambrose was tired of being the third wheel, tired of not getting the championship shots, not getting looked at like Roman Reigns has been looked at. And Dean Ambrose sees how well it worked for Seth Rollins And now Dean Ambrose wants in. He sees his spot, and here he is wanting in with the authority. And I can see the authority finding their new guy at Survivor Series, like Rock and Mick Foley, and Dean Ambrose wins the championship. I'd be absolutely fine with that. The only problem is that I don't... I think Dean would get overshadowed by the authority, whereas if you made a guy like Kevin Owens, who could possibly also be in the finals here, and I'd have no problem with that either... If you made Kevin Owens a part of the authority, he could hold his own. I just don't I just don't see I mean I I like Dean Ambrose. I think he can hold his own on promos, but for some reason his aura, if you will, would be overshadowed by Hunter and Stephanie here. It really would to me. I yeah. mean, but I I'm, I'm fine with that storyline, but it would be a nothing title run. And this is going to be a nothing title run for the most part until Rumble where I think Probably Brock takes the title. And that's interesting, too, because if you have Sheamus win the championship, that might have been the plan. Yeah. But if you don't have Romans win and you have someone else wins this tournament, obviously that wasn't a plan they had until this weekend. Because everything Mm. had to be adjusted. Yes. If, If Dean Ambrose wins the title at Survivor Series and becomes a heel authority figure or even just wins the championship, obviously that wasn't in the plans. So you wonder what kind of plans they might have for him going forward because this was all thrown together. Yes. I would like them to stick with anything and just let Roman win. Let Roman go through everyone in this tournament, beating a former champion in Alberto Del Rio, beating a former champion in Big Show, beating his close friend Dean Ambrose, who gives him the fight, or beating Kevin Owens. Just let him win the whole thing. I have no issue with that either. My problem is where do you go with Roman from there through WrestleMania to make him seem like an important champ because this seems to me to be a transition place for the title. Whoever has it is going to lose it probably in January. So you don't want someone important necessarily, but you want someone with some heft to them. And that's why I thought Sheamus might be the guy. Yeah. Because that Royal because, Rumble. Because you got Rumble and then you have to build the WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Now, if Roman loses the title anytime between then, and becomes a quest to get the title back, it's not as compelling. That's true. Yeah, becoming the the two-time champion isn't as compelling as winning it for the first time. Correct. Now, I asked on Twitter, so now that the brackets for the Survivor Series tournament are announced, I asked the folks at Shake Them Ropes, 
Who do you think will win? Roman Reigns or other? Anyone from the field? And we had 79% of folks responding that Roman Reigns is their pick to win this tournament. So there's a okay. lot out there that uh, Roman Reigns, they think, is going to be the guy coming out of this. Whether that means he he turns heel somehow, whether that means he just goes through everyone as the babyface fighting champion. I don't think Roman is turning heel. I don't think I, so either. I just don't. But you know what? I agree with the sentiment that it's time to put the belt on Roman. I just don't see how you do it and you make his WrestleMania match important. I just don't. That's, that's true. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, forward thinking after the fact, and especially because that Royal Rumble is there. If, if Roman Reigns is the champion going into WrestleMania, maybe Against they do. Brock? Maybe they do Brock Lesnar win in the Rumble. Okay, but if you do Brock and, and Lesnar, I mean, if you do Roman and Brock at WrestleMania after Brock wins the Rumble and is going after Roman Reigns, is it really... That big of a deal if Roman beats Brock at WrestleMania yes. for, for just to defend the title yep. as opposed to win the title? Yes. I think it's because, equally because at that point, the quest is to beat Brock, something he couldn't do at WrestleMania. Okay. I can see you build that way. I, to, to me, it's it's you build it as the guy who beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania at WrestleMania. I just I, I think it has a little bit di- different circumstance than, you know, Undertaker's streak because that was a a time and place type thing. Roman Reigns winning the title here isn't necessarily a time and place type thing. It's just he okay. won the title for the first time, especially as triumphant as winning a tournament like this. Um, you know what? I'm fine with Roman winning. I'm fine with Dean winning as and turning heel. I'm fine with Kevin Owens getting the big prize and being and continuing the prize fighter thing. Any of those three. I'm perfectly good with. So Seamus to me is meh. Right. But and that's why I could see them doing it because he's the safe pick. And that's just again moving the goalposts on Roman Reigns. I don't know. I agree. This is what ROH did with Tyler Black when Seth Rollins was in ROH and they were booking him as a a, a title quest uh, you know, someone trying to get that championship for the first time. He had like four or five challenges before finally winning and he kept losing and losing. Roman Reigns is going to be Charlie Brown here. If you keep you yeah, know, no, taking the football away, he's just going to look goofy. You know who he's going to be? He's going to be Lex Luger. Yeah. Against Flair. I don't know if that's what you want to do. I think the time is now. I think there's right times for certain things. I think the time is right now for Roman Reigns. I'm, I'm fine with that. I, 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 just, I think these crowds are going to turn on him, but I'm fine with putting the belt on the big dog. I would, I would agree with you fully, though, that uh, there are three men who can walk out of Survivor Series with the championship. And that's Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, or Sheamus. I'm glad we agree on something for once. That's yeah. nice. Those are the three I would take <laughs> on. Now, right now, for Survivor Series, the only announced matches are Charlotte and Paige for the Divas Championship and at least the finals of the Survivor Series tournament. So those are the only announced matches. Now, after Raw tonight, we can also assume, um, and again, because I love me some polls, I asked immediately after Raw, with Undertaker and Kane returning, because the Brothers of Destruction are back, taking on the Wyatts, does anyone <laughs> out there still think that they're going to have partners for a Survivor Series elimination match? And 35% said yes, 65% said of course not. This is going to be a four-on-two match, I feel. like I, It could be the straight tag. It's either going to be one of those, but they're not going to have partners for a Survivor Series match. So does Undertaker and Kane go through the entire Wyatt family at Survivor Series? How did they escape? <laughs> well, as we know from, you know, the, the abduction worst. of Kane. 
hey, they abducted Cain before. Worst criminal enterprise since the Legion of Doom. (laughs) Well, all they all they do is obviously what we're right, and all of a sudden the guys that they kidnap are back. Yeah, (laughs) they drop them off at the airport. What do they do? Okay, this is what they do. I mean, Bray Wyatt is a eater of worlds, right? He's a leader of this cult. He's not a he's not a guy who wants to commit felonies. So Bray Wyatt has his guys, you know, helpfully carry the Undertaker, who's tired, back from the <laughs> ring to the back. He's sleepy. They put him down. They cast some sort of spell on him so Bray Wyatt can take his soul. And then they just leave him there and hope he's that a- the spell works. He's a cult leader. Why is he not converting these two monsters to kill for him? Why? Because then he would be the Undertaker, creating his ministry. <laughs> and, and Midian comes out. Well, I mean, that's kind of been Bray Wyatt's gimmick, no? Like, the Undertaker was recruiting people and forcing them into his ministry, but Bray Wyatt hasn't done that. Like, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper came back on their own. He's not forcing them. So they're independent contractors in the cult. That's right. <laughs> They are cult independent contractors. They are free to do whatever they want. They can go cult somewhere else if they want. But they, they can choose. Take, they can take independent cult bookings. They can, whenever. but they're not. Okay. Right. They're they're not doing that. <laughs> so there you are. I mean, that'll be one of the main events. The four on two match, Undertaker and Kane. Could be an elimination match. It could still be elimination rules, but I don't see them having two partners. Right. Especially now with only one Raw left. Right. Uh, so that's one of your matches that you can expect. And they'll probably throw a lot of the losers of this tournament into some type of uh, elimination match, five on five or four on four. So the card will fill out. Uh, Tyler Breeze and Dolph Ziggler, maybe going in a, a singles match. Who knows? Yeah, well, we're going to have an interesting card here. I think it's very interesting just for the fact that this tournament is taking place. Like a lot of the times when an injury happens, you might be more intrigued by a pay-per-view because you have to see now what are they really going to do? I don't know. I don't know necessarily if I'm more intrigued with Survivor Series. I'm still intrigued by it because, as you know, I was intrigued by the Survivor uh, Series main event that was already taking place with Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. Now I still, for the same reason of wanting to see if they put the title on Roman Reigns, I'm really looking forward to this pay-per-view for much of the same reasons. I'm interested to see how they treat Kevin Owens. That's the one thing that's intriguing. Interested to see what they think of him, and I think how they treat him in this tournament will be a big, yeah. big part of it. Him getting to the semifinals is going to be much like him getting to the four-way, uh, the match that Roman Reigns won to even get this title shot. But I mean, how he lo- if he loses to Dean, how does he lose? Does he lose well, or is it kind of a... If, if they do that semifinal on the SmackDown main event, which is only three days before the pay-per-view, which is one of the reasons why I don't think they'll do it on SmackDown. But if they do, that could be like a 20-minute main event match of SmackDown. Okay. Roman, uh, Seth Rollins versus, or excuse me, Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens. So they might make it a big deal. Like, Kevin Owens will look good in this tournament. I have no doubt myself that Kevin Owens will look good in this tournament. Uh, but that is what is happening in the WWE scene. Craziness ever since Wednesday night when Seth Rollins got hurt. Now we have this title tournament to look forward to. A lot of craziness going on. There is some chaos in NXT as well as we push towards NXT TakeOver in London. Yeah. You realize, Jeff, that that London TakeOver is going to end at about 2 p.m. your time, right? Mm. Yeah. Good. (laughs) It's going to be around noon. Is 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 it on a Wednesday or a Saturday? It's on a Wednesday. 
Actually, no. Is it on a Saturday? I believe it is on December 7th. NXT, take over London. Rob does research on the air. Okay, well, while you're doing research, I'll go into a couple quick things, and then we'll get into that. That Asuka-Cameron match was better than it had any right to be. Uh-huh. Cameron was pretty good in that. I mean, Asuka's fantastic, don't get me wrong, but Cameron as a as feeding her, pretty darn good, I thought. I thought that mechanics promo was fantastic with the wheelchair. Uh, that was great. They're not the mechanics. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Dash and Dawson. You you correct you corrected one other person on that. So I I, I hat tip to you, Mister McCarran. Uh, I I liked the beginning of the Apollo as Rocky story. I liked I liked that whole thing because remember Rocky didn't win in Rocky one, mm-hmm. and Apollo didn't win here, and it was perfectly fine because he he's a guy who kind of outkicked his coverage, being so new to NXT, comes in, gets a title shot, doesn't really complete it, sets up a feud with. Baron Corbin, which should be okay, I think. What do you think of that feud? I'm I'm interested in Apollo Crews and Baron Corbin. It does seem like, you know, Baron Corbin again is in a situation where Apollo Crews will look good and Baron yeah. Corbin's gonna put the baby face over. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering like Baron Corbin is NXT's Kane. Yeah, pretty much. I mean he's almost in a holding pattern right now until they decide to do something with him on top. But the two things I didn't like in this show, I, I the Joe turn to me kind of, it felt like a swerve for swerve's sake. It's like they missed a step in the development. Not that they had to, not that they had to tip their hat at it, you know, but or tip their hand in terms of it. But but it just seemed weird that okay, we're together for the Dusty Tag Tournament. It's great, 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 and then all of a sudden I'm gonna beat on you. It's like hmm, okay, <laughs> what would cause you to do that? And then. I thought it was just a definite step backwards to put Bailey with the hype bros. You just rehab this character to the point where she's no longer the mentally challenged nine-year-old in a wrestling world where she's everybody's fan and stuff. And then you stick her with these two goofs. Stick her with uh, stick her with uh, 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 Gable and, and Jordan. Ha- have them be championship material type of people in a six-person against... Uh, Alexa and the and the dubstep cowboys. Don't don't give her these two don't give her the comedy tag team to tag with. Don't put her with the VOD villains. Don't put her with the hype bros. Put her with put her with a team with some substance to it, because you just rehab this character to give her some substance this whole time. I just thought that was a definite step back. What about you? Yeah, they haven't uh ever since the Bailey title win, and I was worried about this, because the whole story with Bailey was the chase to finally get that championship. Yeah, the legitimacy for respect as well, yeah. But this isn't the Sasha Banks title reign where now Bailey has to cement the fact that the division is so great and that she's this great champion. Like, the momentum is done with her. Like, the crowd still loves her, but the momentum of her trying to defend this championship, especially if you stick her in, you know, this holding pattern of being in six-man tags or whatever they're doing here, well, it kind of the... kills the momentum of Bailey in this world championship, yeah. the Divas champ- to the point where I even wonder if they're going to have a Divas championship match or a women's championship match on NXT TakeOver. Is she, I mean, the thing they needed to do is give her some championship heft here. And they almost went back to, okay, she, she's super fan Bailey again. And you're like, mm, no, this isn't the right way to do this. She should, she should have some credibility. Here and and, and this this wasn't giving it her much right because the focus of that division now the women's division has been on 
to some extent Nia Jax, but mostly to Asuka. Asuka and and uh, and Dana and and uh, Emma. Right. I mean, Asuka yeah. here is the focus of that division to where, you know, I have to believe somehow they're pushing her up for the eventual title shot to make a big, important match with Bailey. I'm fine with that. But if you didn't know, I mean, if you didn't know who the women's champion was and you were just watching NXT for the first time and they told you, okay, there's no belt, but pick who the champion is. Asuka. Asuka's getting all the TV time. She's beating up everybody. And yeah, you're right. That match with Cameron was pretty good. For a short match, it was. It was quick. It was fluid. Cameron wasn't messing anything up. Right. And you knew that crowd was not going to be appreciative of Cameron. And, and she did all she could to try and hold her own. Well, you also have, on the, other, on the other side, you have Gable and Jordan calling out the Ascension. Like, what? Why? Well, it's like, okay, if you're, if you're Chad Gable and Jason Jordan, and you're like, okay, we need some legitimacy here. We need to beat a tag team. Who on the WWE roster can we call down who is the most beatable tag team so at least we look good in being a WWE team, even if they suck? Oh, the Ascension. I, Why not? Call yeah, out the you, Ascension. No, I understand the thinking, the logic of that, but you have the need for a tag team for Bailey to team with against these other three people. And you can show Gable and Jordan being dominant against a team that's even within their own company. For God's sakes, you can you can have them beat the Ascension at any time. This just this called for these two two indiv- or two entities to come together right now, and they both help each other here. To me, I'm just I'm just confused about what we're actually going to see on this take. There's a lot of you know storyline. I think we're going to see They're, Joe Balor. Joe that, Balor for the that. title, of course. A Cruz, Baron Corbin, most likely. And there are matches that you can kind of see being built up, but Bailey defending the championship against Eva Marie, maybe, or maybe there's some type of six uh, person. Maybe they or do the Dan- Eva Marie match on TV before or after. Well, it depends. Are you blowing off the Alexa feud? Well, that that too. Like it, you could do the six person between Alexa and her boys against. Or you could Bailey even put Dana, you put Dana Brooke in there. I don't know about Dana Brooke just because her last match was a loss against Asuka. Right. I mean, I'm just I'm just on the fly here. I mean, Eva Marie seems to be the natural fit here if they don't do Alexa Bliss or a, or a or a multi-person type of thing. God, I, I just hope it's not with the friggin' hype bros. But yeah, that show is most likely going to start around eight or nine p.m. in the UK. Uh huh. So we I, we may get a we may get a start here on the East Coast around three o'clock p.m. Ending, I'm good with that. Ending at about 5, so it would end at about 2 p.m. your time. And then live show. Live post show, baby. Live it, post show that will be, we'll be done with by 6 p.m. Eastern. I'll be awake. It'll be awesome. It is on Wednesday, <laughs> December 16th. Wednesday. Sweet. Wednesday, December 16th. So, uh, yeah, that is NXT TakeOver coming up. The current ongoings of NXT. I asked for questions at the voices of wrestling.com forums mm-hmm. as well as on Twitter at shake them ropes. So we got some uh, questions from the listeners and from the readers. And then soon we'll get to match number 56 on our top 100 and a new segment that but I will be debuting. Yeah. No. Okay. He doesn't know what this segment is. <laughs> 
like I'm going to be trolled on it. It may That's... flop and fail. I don't know. But we will see. We will see what happens. But first, the Twitter questions. We had a question come in on the forums. What is your favorite Bob Holly match? Really? <laughs> yes. What is your favorite Bob Holly match? I have an answer for this one. What's what's yours? The only one that really stands out is anything. Like he had that WrestleMania match where they're you know brawling all the way out into uh, at least I think it was WrestleMania. The hardcore title was around. Is it the Rob Van? Do you have the Rob Van Dam match where he gets no. like? My favorite match is Bob Holly versus Brock Lesnar on SmackDown, yeah. Yeah. where Bob Holly suffers the neck injury. Yeah. That I, I mean, that neck injury obviously hurt him, but it was a blessing in a way to where Bob Holly in 2004 got a world championship match on a major WWE pay-per-view out of this. Yeah. Now, now, which one is the one where the table split him open? I don't pack? know. It was either Rob Van Dam or Brock. I can't remember. I don't think it was Brock just because, like, I mean, the neck injury is Brock. I, I like Bob Holly, but my memory of Bob Holly will always be from my collection of Smoky Mountain, where he's playing a Hollywood starlet with this bad Southern accent, terrible white trash mustache, a weird mullet where he's, his hair is split down the middle, and he's wearing kind of like Bret Hart's pink and black trunks, and he's called Hollywood Bob Holly. He's wearing these gas station sunglasses and he's reading from like the Inquirer and he's talking about I'm gonna go on a date with Julia Roberts later it's it's the most incongruous gimmick ever <laughs> and it's awesome if the WWE linear championship could make it out of WWE and go anywhere in the world where would you put it and why so say Alberto Del Rio was wrestling somewhere on an indie because he's the current champion and lost to like a weird name. What promotion? Mm -hmm. Where would you put it? What would be the most exciting? Probably PWG. I would think PWG too. PWG because then you can see the title bounce around not only the U.S. indies, but AAA, Lucha Underground. Europe. Europe, all over the place. Mm -hmm. But PWG might be uh, the spot where you could see it. Uh, that question came after on Voices of Wrestling's homepage today. Uh, the WWE Linear Championship is something we keep up at WWE Linear. Um, the Cubs fan today wrote an article about the AAA Mega Heavyweight title because mm -hmm. it ties into Alberto Del Rio, who is the AAA Mega Heavyweight Champion and jumps to WWE, and he's not going back to AAA to drop it. So who is the Mega Linear Champion? And that lineage has gone crazy. Like, it's right now somewhere in Scotland <laughs> on the low-level indie that'll probably never be heard from again. But coming across the Cubs fans article, and one of the former champions was a man by the name of Bingo Balance. Might be pronounced Balance, probably Balance. Okay. Bingo Balance is a former AAA mega heavyweight linear champion, a small town Scottish wrestler. And I saw that name and I'm like, this is pro wrestling. <laughs> I was going to ask if K Manito had ever been. Uh... Not that I am aware. I don't believe so. <laughs> but Bingo Balance was a former AAA mega heavyweight champion. And he looks at like, if you can envision a wrestler with the name of Bingo Balance, this you would you would actually picture who Bingo Balance is. Not this big, strong, tough guy. Kind of like Spud 
Rock, Rockstar Spud. If you I'm imagining Spud, him as like a Chikara character. You should. That's kind of what he is. Okay. Kind of what he is. If you were forced, Jeff, mm-hmm. if you were in charge of WWE Human Resources, yes. if you were forced to rehire one former WWE announcer from the following list, who would it be and why? Jonathan Coachman, Todd Pettengill, Sean Mooney, or Kevin Kelly? Sean Mooney, every day and twice on Sunday. He why has, is that? Because he has a certain he has a certain legitimacy in terms of his broadcasting um, presence that the others don't have to me. The others feel like wrestling announcers to me, except for Todd Pengill feels like a morning zoo DJ who was put on there, and that's what he went on to do later. But, you know, Coachman doesn't have a lot of heft to me, and neither did Kevin Kelly, but Sean Mooney ha- has a certain, when he was doing those uh, event centers and stuff, a certain seriousness that kind of uh, kind of gravitated on the screen. I would take Jonathan Coachman all day, especially now with the current landscape. I would love to see Jonathan Coachman come back with his ESPN and Sports Center pedigree and slowly start to move back into WWE coach when he was Eric Bischoff's handler. Uh, okay. You want the cop? You I want, want the entertainment because I'm, I'm not rehiring him to be an announcer. Oh, okay. Right. I would take the coach back. Do you think Undertaker had to pay the troll toll? To get in Taker's soul. Next question. You're on a flight to Japan, Jeff Hawkins. Uh-huh. In the middle seat of a three-seater. Because for some reason you're flying a small plane to Japan. All right. Who would you least want sitting to your right and left? Who do you not want to be trapped in between on a long 15-hour flight to Tokyo Vader and Mabel. Like, it would have to be, like, overweight. Even though Mabel's dead, I'd still not want him up next to me. Especially now, if it was dead Mabel. Oh, yeah, dead Mabel would be terrible. It'd be even worse. Yeah, someone, you know, someone who's a little overweight, who's just been running a marathon and comes right to the plane to catch, you know, you know, Kota Ibushi's return to DDT. Like, I would not want to be sitting to someone where I don't have any movement. And I would need plugs of some kind. You know, the DDP, other option is someone who talks a lot. Yeah, TDP was what I was thinking. Yeah, it's someone who talks a lot who won't shut up. Because I'm not the type, when I'm sitting on a plane, like if someone's talking to me, and I've only had really one flight ever like this, where I had an older gentleman sitting next to me, and like he really wanted to talk to me. Like he just wanted to talk. He would have talked to anyone. But like he saw that I was on my phone, and he like started, he started the conversation by asking me about my phone, how I like it. <laughs> and he was telling me about things on the plane. I just wanted to talk. And it was a short flight. It was flying from like here in Northeast Indiana to Chicago or no, to Minneapolis. So it was only like an hour and 20 minute flight. So it wasn't that bad. It wasn't me flying to Los Angeles or anything, but I've been lucky on my flights to generally not have people who want to talk to me. Not that I wouldn't be talkative. Just bro, like, have you tried yoga? Yeah, bro, it's so freeing. Especially if DDP was to your right. If DDP was to your right and you had Mabel, dead Mabel to your left and DDP is trying to get dead Mabel into yoga. I hope no one who knows Mabel is listening to this (laughs) or who knew him. Sorry, dead viscera. Big daddy V. (laughs) Big daddy dead. Oh 
Wow. Okay, next question. Dead Daddy D? You're no. dwelling. I'm not, I'm not dwelling. Uh, those were the Twitter questions. So you know what that means, Jeff. It's time for your segment. It's time for the new segment that I like to call Kevin Owens Hates You. It's a new segment, Jeff. Are you excited for the new segment? I may have to bring back Shake Them Ropes Theater. <laughs> why, why, would you, why would you do that to me? Hey, guys. Why would, you, why would you threaten to bring back Shake Them Ropes Theater? But you know what I did? <laughs> I made music for this segment, so hold on. Where's my fucking champ? That's right. Kevin Owens hates you. The segment. Okay. <laughs> Jeff, this segment is where we bring to you the weekly Twitter encounters between Kevin Owens and his fans. Kevin Owens does not like many of the fans that tweet him. Josh Norton at Norton OIO found this out. Josh was brave enough to tweet his insult to Kevin Owens during the airing of WWE Raw this week. And he was lucky enough to get a reply. Norton OIO told Owens, you used to be likable. Now you're, of course, spelt wrong, just obsessed with yourself. You're, spelt wrong again, boring now. Kevin Owens replied, you used to not be an idiot. Then you tweeted that. Now you're an idiot. And this has been Kevin Owens Hates You. Are you that big of a fucking pussy? Almost as good as Wendy's Twitter this week. Wendy's, the Twitter account kind of went crazy. Oh, yeah. Also starting a big, uh, big hubbub. And you know what? I think this was happening around the same time the Seth Rollins announcement was made. Because mm -hmm. Jonathan Coachman on Twitter broke the news that Seth Rollins was out from, uh, for, four, for what, nine to nine, six to nine months. Six to nine months is the timetable. I wouldn't say he broke the news. I think he was given the scoop. Well, he was, yes, but he was the first one to tweet it. And then WWE tweeted about 15 minutes later on their Twitter account. Right. But Jonathan Coachman let it be known that Seth Rollins is out. And this was happening around the same time that the Wendy's Twitter account, the official Wendy's Twitter account, was replying to someone who is a listener of our show, I believe, or someone yeah. who we've tweeted with before. Mm -hmm. They asked... Because the big Me. meme on really inside the bubble wrestling <laughs> Twitter is name a dirt sheet. Yep. And it's catching, like, I mean, Johnny Gargano and the Young Bucks are within this. Like, everyone's getting in it. But he, they tweeted at Wendy's, Wendy's name a dirt sheet. And Wendy's responded with, our favorite ones always end in news with a Z. Yeah. And, and they just, had a bunch of other wrestling tweets as well. Well, well that one just cool. started the whole craze. And mm -hmm. then people were tweeting at Wendy's more wrestling related things. And, and you know, they were tweeting back to everyone yeah. for like Wendy's, two hours. Yeah, Wendy's can handle the banter. They handle the banter to a point where a lot of people who were really enthused by it at first were like, okay, you can stop tweeting about wrestling now, Wendy's. <laughs> but hey, the advertisement worked because at that point I was craving like French fries and a Frosty. Baconator. I ended up going to Wendy's. Oh, yeah. So congrats to you, Wendy's social media guy. You got a customer to come to your store that day. But that was, uh, what'd you think of the new segment, Jeff? Oh, it was, it was gripping. Wait a sec. I, 
I laughed. I cried. It was much better than cats. I'll see it again and again. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, hey, Alexa. How's it going? <laughs> Alexa's always just dropping in. <laughs> like, I don't know what kind of connection you have. Razzers. <laughs> All I can think of was that first Alexa segment we did where they were in the lounge. <laughs> that was a weird segment. That was such a weird segment. They've never gone back to the, the, the behind the scenes of NXT high school since. No, we have not. No, we had one episode of NXT high school. And ever since that, it's been NXT, <laughs> you know, young adult yeah. finding themselves in college. Oh my God. Literally, literally NXT, you know, wrestlers finding themselves at a college. Yeah. But uh, that is NXT. It is now time for our most popular segment of all time. The top 100 matches to see before you die this week is match number 56. It is Undertaker versus Triple H from WrestleMania 28, the Hell in a Cell match with Shawn Michaels as the guest referee. It was one of the big main events of the show, of course, headlined by The Rock versus John Cena. Undertaker and Triple H, Jeff, what'd you think? What a garbage WrestleMania this was for the most part. It's the unmemorable. Ah, oh, it still makes me angry to watch that opening match. The Daniel Bryan Sheamus 10 second or 18 second pinfall. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, for what it is memorable for, for wrestling fans like us who have been into it for a while, it's memorable for disappointment. Yeah. But, like, no one's remembering Team Johnny versus yeah. Team Vicky or Team yeah. Teddy or whatever it no was. No one's remembering Maria Menounos and, and Kelly Kelly taking on Beth Phoenix and, and, and uh, oh, the Gracie. Uh, well, Eve. Eve. And think, and think about this if you were at WrestleMania. You just got the 18-second Daniel Bryan loss. And now you're, the next two matches you're forced to watch, the next three matches that you're given... Arcane versus Randy Orton, Big Show versus Cody Rhodes, and then the Kelly Kelly Maria tag with Beth Phoenix and Eve Torres. This is why I'm so afraid of going to WrestleMania this think, year. Think about that for a first hour. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I, you know, overall, I liked the match, I, but I was reading like historians reviewing it, and they were giving it was it four and three quarter stars and things of that nature. This this was an atmosphere match. From start to finish. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, it's it's a fine brawl. Nothing terribly spectacular. I know Undertaker was working injured in this match, I believe. Well, every match. Yeah. Um, Here was my question for you, because this is hindsight watching, and this is also kind of being in the wrestling bubble. And upon review, did... Did Shawn Michaels' histrionics take away from this match for you? I Well, what happened is they did Triple H and Undertaker the year before this. Yes. Now, there were more people going in, and myself included. Like, I thought if they were going to break the streak, they could do it at Triple H Undertaker. But when they did the rematch in the cell, I thought there was no way that Triple H would win. Like, right. this is going to be the Undertaker winning. And then you add Shawn Michaels as the ref. The match became more... Not so much Triple H trying to defeat The Undertaker, but could The Undertaker withstand both of these nemesises he had for the last two years, nemeses, in, under, in Triple H and Shawn Michaels at the same time? Could Undertaker withstand that to, 
to keep the streak going. And then you had Shawn Michaels playing this, you know, I don't want to be involved in this match more than I have to kind of thing. And then he, you know, within the WrestleMania moment, he kind of got it in his head that, you know, this is the man that took away these moments from me. Because we all know Shawn Michaels didn't want to wrestle anymore, but the story was always that Shawn Michaels was forced to retire. Right. So he's and- in the he's in the WrestleMania moment now. He's in the ring in a cage with this guy who took these WrestleMania moments away from him. So it just became too much. And in the heat of the moment, he super kicks the Undertaker. Yeah. After not wanting to count the Undertaker out, because at the same time, Shawn Michaels knows, okay, the Undertaker beat me. You're not you're not going to beat Undertaker this easy. Like he had to beat me to a pulp to win. You're not going to get the cheap win against the man who put me out. Okay, let me clarify then. Let me just clarify a little bit. I didn't mind the super kick spot into the pedigree. I liked that, actually. But the story, as I recall, as they had set up, is that Shawn Michaels has to call this down the middle. Both Triple H and Undertaker had established that you need to call this down the middle. You need to call this down the middle, pretty much. Yeah, but that went away one minute in the match when Triple H was begging Shawn Michaels just to end it. Right, right. And I, and I, and I get that, too. My thing was, like, after every two count, what, what it looked like Shawn was trying to up upstage a little by overselling it a little, which he is known to do kind of the same way for a bad example here, whenever Hogan lost, he'd always get his heat back by kind of, you know, doing all these gesticulations and, and things of that nature. So he didn't really look as bad. It just seemed to me watching the match that Sean was laying it on a bit thick here. Maybe I was just wondering if it was just me or me being a bit jaundiced or if it was, actually true Uh, maybe a little bit but at the same time you got to remember he gets a chance to act one time a year yeah yeah and and he always (laughs) and it's the undertaker man i mean undertaker right now is in a storyline where his soul was eaten by a fat guy (laughs) i can't i can't respond to that undertaker is involved in weird things why can't Shawn michaels i mean undertaker was you know, know one time coming from hell to the match where Shawn michaels was coming from heaven no, but this match was hard hitting. It was great. It's the typical, you know, it's it's funny that it, it's, every time there's a retirement match, they they have it. It's five maybe. minutes. It's five minutes of a feeling out period. And then it's uh-huh. 20 minutes of finisher after finisher and wondering what Shawn Michaels would do. Right. But you know what? They, I mean, the WWE at WrestleMania does retirement matches well. And even though Triple H didn't actually retire, you know, the final surrender with the crotch chop and just saying the the hell with this, finish it. I liked that. It it reminded it reminded me a lot of the Ric Flair, you know, I can't beat you anymore. You know, just finish me off. I, I liked I liked that ending. It was lot. the it was the end of an era match when next year Triple H wrestled Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, and he'll be back for this year's WrestleMania. And, you know, it was ending the Attitude Era, if you will. But then you had Brock Lesnar come back, and Brock Lesnar was, while not part of the Attitude Era per se, he kind of brought that attitude within, you know, everything within, especially the new Brock Lesnar ever since coming back to WWE. He's as much as Attitude Era as anyone because he's the last remnant, really, of that type of style. Oh, yeah, this is the end of the era. Triple H, The Undertaker, Undertaker won. And I I just went into this match at the time and, and didn't think there was any way Undertaker would lose. Yeah, because it didn't I didn't make sense either. to lose the second one. 
And I don't, I don't like when there's a special referee and they throw in another referee in a match. That's just, to me, I don't enjoy that because the whole point of putting the special referee in there is that he's tougher than these other paper mache guys. And as much as I love little Nate, <laughs> it kind of, it kind of was like laying it on thick, but overall the match itself in terms of the interplay between triple H and undertaker, I really enjoyed it. I get disappointed now if a WrestleMania goes by and little Nate doesn't run all the way from the back as fast as he can <laughs> to the ring. I need that as part of my WrestleMania. I need, you know, Charles Robinson running with that long blonde hair. Charles Robinson is becoming close to my favorite ref now, surpassing Tommy Young. He's very close. Oh, he's my favorite. Okay. Oh, yeah. Charles Robinson. Good for him staying around this this whole time, too. Oh, yeah. Good for him. I Yeah, I'm a big Charles Robinson fan. Now, do you think they go through with The Undertaker versus John Cena? At WrestleMania. See, I, I think so. Now, does it top line? I think whatever the WWE title match is. That's what to, I would think, too. Unless this is like an Undertaker retirement match, which it very well could be, because, I mean, Jesus, how many shows is Undertaker going to be on? But Vince isn't nostalgic either, so he could put it, like, next to last, and it'd be fine, I think. Yeah, if it was a retirement match, it would go on last, but... Oh, Okay. Oh, for sure. I mean, Shawn Michaels' Undertaker went on last just because they knew nothing was going to top it. Well, Ric Flair didn't go on last. That's why I cast And Triple H didn't go on last as a retirement match. Well, Triple so, H hasn't had a retirement match. Was it, wasn't the stipulation for the second Undertaker match that he'd retire as well? No, end of an it era? was just oh. end of an era. It oh, was, okay. we're, we're going to do this thing for the final time and we're never going to do it again. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't a retirement match. I stand corrected. Though. Yes, but I mean, yeah, Ric Flair had the retirement match, but they just thought that, you know, they had a better match as the main event, a more important match. And Undertaker, believe me, uh, the Undertaker, I think, was in the main event of that show, right? He was in the triple threat. Yeah. So I think so. I think so. Um, so, yeah, I just, you know, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, everyone thought the first one should have been the main event, especially when you had Randy Orton, Triple H going on last. Mm-hmm. If you do Brock Lesnar in the main event as a championship match, I think that should go on last. I, I agree. It just depends on what kind of card we're going to see for this one, because you have to think that Seth Rollins injury throws a lot of wrenches into the mix. And we won't really know what's going to happen for sure until Royal Rumble comes around. And even well, then, think, we may not know what's going to happen fully. I think Survivor Series will tell us a lot. Survivor Series will tell us a lot. We are going to be back with a live show after Survivor Series on the 22nd. Uh, you can follow all the details by subscribing to our YouTube channel, voicesofwrestling.com slash YouTube will take you there or follow us on Twitter at shake them ropes. And we will tweet all the information about that. As the day comes along, we will be back next week with our show, shake them ropes, the survivor series preview, give you more details about that live show. We'll talk a little bit about NXT. What happens on this week's episode, maybe some breaking ground. If, if anything new comes along, if we want to talk about uh, some Baron Corbin in Texas, information because that's this show uh this week mm-hmm. the one that we missed to record this was baron corbin going to texas and being touched by people at the bar vader sting what vader and sting vader and sting is our match next week match number mm-hmm. 55 on the top 100 vader and sting from starcade 1992 the december tradition the grand pappy of them all or what do they call it what do they call starcade uh, it, it had a cool nickname, right? It had WrestleMania is the granddaddy of them all. Yeah. But Starcade was what? It was uh Starcade tagline. 
Let's see if we can find something closing out <laughs> our show in style this week. Let's because I know it had one. But you have no idea, huh? Not offhand. I can't think of well, one. Maybe, maybe they had different ones all the time because they like, always had they always had sub names for all of them. Flair like all for the, the gold. I just feel like they had when it moved to December. It had oh, one. Yeah, from from November, you mean? When it moved from November to December, that's right. Okay. But you know what? I don't think we're going to figure it out before this show ends. I just don't think that's going to be something that happens for us, sir. I don't think it exists. Like the tagline for the 1997 one with Sting and Hogan was paybacks or hell. <laughs> Everyone blades. I think that should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so that's our show. Uh, Jeff, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye to the people. I found the tagline. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.